Welcome to another episode of OTXNT, which stands for Old Testament, Christ, New Testament. Two men, two degrees, Old Testament and New Testament. Listen to Dr. Andrew Marquez and Dr. Benjamin Pate begin a discussion on topics that you and I should probably be thinking about from a Baptist perspective. Hang in there. It's going to be all right. This stuff is good. Hit that like button. Check us out on YouTube. All right, man. Hey, it is a special day. It's been like a two-month hiatus, but OTXNT is back. Just, we are in different locations today. You look like you're in your home, uh, unless that's an incredibly I, I am. decorated office, if, it, if not. But I'm sure that's Jen's handiwork. Uh, <laughs> very, very much. And I've got kids and people coming, so I might have some interruptions. I'll just try to mute if something goes awry that's just but, how uh, we roll i've got yeah. my uh my charlie brown christmas mug with my decaf coffee and so uh merry christmas to you uh, merry Dr. christmas Bates. to you i am drinking arab uh mint that's just called moroccan mint it's like what i grew up drinking it's like a mint tea uh you know but um i am hidden here at the church in franklin tennessee where i'm now at and um ready to roll so hey um, we got a very interesting topic that we're going to deal with. It's timely uh, as we are dealing with um, the uh, Christmas uh, cr coming up this weekend. And uh, so we're going to be talking about um, maybe some of y'all have heard uh, it go around. I know I've heard it a bunch of times already now, too. And I wanted to look into it more of this idea of um, where was Jesus born in Bethlehem? Was he born in this you know, uh, tower area where they were holding on the sacrificial sheep destined for Jerusalem. Uh, is that where he was born? Uh, or was it just kind of how we have grown up here in the story? So I, I really want to tackle that and just look more into it. If, uh, if you're ready to do it, man, let's, uh, let's start it up. Let's talk about it. All right. Well, let's let's pray. It's been so long since we've launched one. I forgot. I forgot a little format here, but we have you know, a format. Let's yeah. uh, let's let's go ahead and pray, and then let's we'll do jump it. in. I've got the Christmas decor as we try to uh, work through a maybe a Christmas Christmas myth. That's right. <laughs> but um, yes, let's let's pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, man. So you were actually the first one to hear this before I ever did. So break it down. You know, it's us. it's not uncommon. You you get into a Bible study and usually this time of year, you're looking at Matthew or Luke or maybe some of the prophecies and, and somebody has heard something either on television or uh, in their own studies online and they they bring it up. And, you know, so I think the way I heard about it is uh, one of my very um, <clears throat> intent uh, students of the Bible. She was uh, bringing this up in a class to say, you know, that it wasn't just Bethlehem, but um, there was a tower in Bethlehem, the Migdal Tower. And that was a tower where the priests were, the priest shepherds who raised the lambs. Uh, and these were special lambs that were raised in order to be sacrificed. Uh, so that they were well-regulated and they were well, well cared for, even to the point of um, taking uh, slips of cloth and wrapping the lambs when they were little in cloth so that they would not be damaged, so that you would not end up with a blemished lamb. And so all of this to say is uh, stacking 
types upon types of what um, Christ would be. Uh, hmm. that, that Bethlehem, uh, to be born in the place where the sacrificial lambs were being raised and to be put in a manger and wrapped in cloths, just in the same way that the lambs were um, cared for so that they would not be blemished. And so it just kind of adds uh, a layer um, to the Christ story. And when I first heard it, I'm like, well, that's very interesting because I had never heard that before. And uh, since I, I actually was going to use that in a sermon illustration recently, and then I'm like, well, I better look this up and, and try to dig into it. And I I decided not to use it in a sermon illustration just because it's it, it's not based in um, it's not very strong evidence. Let me say to yeah. to back up these claims. And so um, so so and that's what we're essentially talking about. We're going to we're going to crush people's um, dreams a little bit here uh-huh. in, in, in going through this. But Christmas will still be merry. It'll be all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, is that about what you've heard? Yeah, I mean, that's about the same thing is I, I was actually talking with one of our Bible study leaders and said, hey, have you ever heard this before? And my initial reaction was, I bet that that is something from Jewish tradition because we don't see – there's nothing if, – if there was something in the text about it that was explicit, we would be talking about it. Uh, and recognizing, making those leaps. And so a lot of the time when you have something novel like that, I think a lot of that is because someone has gone into, done some legwork, gone into maybe some of the the Jewish traditions uh, and found something like that, which is, it seems to be, as we've dug into it, uh, pretty much that. I mean, we have one reference, right? The, the big reference that everybody wants to jump from uh, and say, this is this is it. This is some of the proof in the Bible uh, is the Micah 4.8. And Micah 4 comes right before Micah 5, uh, where is the, the passage about the Messiah coming from Bethlehem. 4.8 says, and you watchtower for the flock, right? Which would have been called uh, what Migdal uh, Eater, uh, uh, fortified hill of daughter Zion, the former rule will come to you. The sovereign sovereignty will come to daughter Jerusalem. So that's it. And so people have said, see, that's the one Messiah is supposed to come to that tower. Um, but even when you read that, the parallelism seems to be, seems to be talking about Jerusalem there. Um, and I don't really get the explicit that that means that that tower was in Bethlehem, but they go and make some jumps to, you know, Genesis uh, talking about, you know, but it says that even when he leaves Ephrathah, he goes, leaves and goes out to Migdal Eder. So uh, that's, that's the kind of issue so far that I've got is there's not really any explicit reference to this tower of the flock and even what the tower of the flock is to Bethlehem. So that's the first part that I was going to throw out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, you know, one person who kind of helped, helped me kind of work through some of the issues that I think it's worth just uh, mentioning because I'm using a little bit of his argumentation here is Chad Bird and his website is the um, www.1517.org. I've never met him, but you know, again, he's a little article on this uh, topic that if anyone's Mm -hmm. interested, they can read up on. But he he does uh, again the connection of the the Tower of Eder, uh, which is um, in reference to when um, Jacob uh, uh, set a pillar on her grave, which is the pillar of Rachel's grave to this day. This is Genesis, uh, where am I? Uh, Thirty five twenty, and then Israel journeyed and pitched his tent beyond the Tower of Eder. And so, is, is there a connection between this Micah Tower of Eder, 
uh, or is there not a connection? You know, um, a shepherd's tower or a, a tower of the flock, is this something that's pretty common? Uh, is this something that would have been a landmark that everybody would have recognized? And so um, at some point in time, there's a targum of pseudo-Jonathan that connects these verses together in order to basically read into Genesis that where uh, Rachel is buried by the Tower of Eder would be the place where the king would be from. And so that passage uh, would say, oh, wow, that's that's a lot of evidence there. Maybe, maybe there's more here than we uh, first considered, except that uh, this is kind of Jewish pesher where they do commentary and develop things. And this happens um, centuries after uh, Christ. And so, you know, the earliest thing I can find a reference to to pseudo Jonathan is like 15, um, 1600s of, oh goodness, where I had it. You know, you always get worried that people are going to say, oh, you, your dates are off. <laughs> but you just roll uh, with it, it. I made it. Yeah. You just, yeah. It's, it's there an Italian somewhere. manuscript. It's an Italian manuscript. 1598 is the earliest manuscript we have. It could date much earlier than that, but that's the the reality of what we're dealing with. We're not dealing with something that's early. Not, and that's the thing. People will say ancient documents and they're referring to something that's 1500 years later than the, the events. That That's not um, early uh, in comparison to what we're dealing with. And so I wouldn't put a lot of faith in that, but it, it is a pretty um, significant deal to, to say, okay, so at least somebody at some point in time was connecting these towers together. And I think that uh, that, that with some of the things in the Mishnah, are, are what led uh, the kind of the main guy that's behind this uh, to, to bring together this whole uh, big picture that we're talking about. Uh, but the reality is uh, there's a lot of distance between Micah and Jacob, and there is uh, no definitive uh, reality that, that the towers are the same towers that we're even talking about. I mean, you're, you're talking about a, a tremendous gap, you know, before oh, the huge. exodus even yeah. uh, between the one tower and the tower that Mike is referring to. And usually and if like, something in the Old Testament is there, they usually make a reference like, and that tower is still here today to make it to very clear, like this one's not gone yet. It's the same one, right? Uh, right. For and, sure. And, and it could be, but it's still, even if it was, even if you said, okay, this is the same place, it doesn't necessarily mean that that this is what we're referring to in light of the yeah. Uh, the whole story. And so that's the thing is that, uh, okay, but here's what the pressure reads. Um, Jacob proceeded and spread his tent beyond the tower of Eder, uh, Mignal Eder, the place from whence it is to be, the King Messiah will be revealed at the end of the days. And so this Jewish commentary has read in not only the Micah 4.8 passage, but also the Micah uh, 5 passage, uh, Bethlehem, where the King will come from and has read it into the Genesis passage to connect these towers. Uh, it's not uncommon to see that kind of commentary happen, but it's clearly not what the biblical text says. And so you can kind of see, okay, that's a layer that was added. And then, you know, that layer gets added and added and added until we get this whole thing that we talked about with, with these lambs being wrapped up and carried in a manger and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. That kind of stuff too. It's like, what are the swaddling clothes for the lambs? Like, I don't see that. I don't know where that is. I mean, really the strongest stuff that we've got is you've got the one Targum, uh, and some of the Mishnah stuff. And then you've got uh, Alfred Edersheim, 1800s Messianic Jewish historian. And he he makes that connection, right? And really what he actually says is kind of helpful too, is he says um, that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem was a settled conviction. Everybody knows that. that was That's not an issue thing. He goes, equally so was the belief that he was to be revealed from Migdal Ed uh, Eder, 
uh, the tower of the flock. This Migdal Eater was not the watchtower for the ordinary flocks, which pastured on the barren sheep ground uh, beyond Bethlehem, but lay close to the town on the road to Jerusalem. Um, a passage in the Mishnah leads to this conclusion that the flocks which pastured there were destined for temple sacrifices, and accordingly that the shepherds who watched over them were not ordinary shepherds. Uh, and so just that's kind of, and he goes on, and but that's his thing is he's using, he's writing in the 1800s, and he's using rabbinic sources for that too. So once again, we're not dealing with, I just, I'm always, I think all that stuff is interesting, but I'm always weary of making too much out of um, rabbinic material. I think it's like, it's interesting, definitely. Like there's a lot of things I think that are very interesting insights, but I, I don't want to, I, I always get cautious about saying, well, then that's exactly how it was, right? We know definitively uh, because I think we get in a lot of weird areas, but I think I just want to caution a lot of people. We, we get roped into that because it's novel to us. Um, it's novel to read some of the, some of those things. And I think we should, uh, but I don't think we should ever get to a point where we think, well, that's the definitive thing and then treat it like if we have not, um, if you know, that we, the rest of us are not enlightened because we've not truly understood it the way that it was meant to be in light of this, like, you know, this, uh, you know, tradition, Jewish tradition that tied some of those things together. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at. So that's, that's where that is, but let's talk about this then, uh, just in terms of what we think really, uh, where he really was born then, uh, because it, like I said, it, it's, it's a nice thought. There's some precedent within the last, you know, uh, you know, 300 to uh, 500 years of somebody tying those two together. But um, where do you think, I'm just going to ask you as a New Testament guy, where do you think he was born, cave, uh, house, you know, stall? What, what do you think? Well, I, I've always kind of held to the, the cave idea that they um, had uh, carved out some some cave space for animals and it would have been somebody's animal. So it's connected to somebody's real estate at some some place. And uh, so I, I always held the view that that night he was at a, a cave um, stall for animals and then uh, they remained in Bethlehem uh, for, for a little while, which is and then the wise men would have arrived later. And, um, and there's every reason for them to stay because there's probably a shame on Mary back home, you know, because they, they could view her as having gotten pregnant, uh, uh, too soon. And, you know, so, so why yeah, and on Joseph too, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. So, um, and, and coming back and saying, no, 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 uh, virgin birth uh, may not convince everybody. Right. Right. So uh, I see a good reason for them to stick around for a little bit and then they go, you know, from, from there to, to, uh, Egypt. So, so that's the view that I've held. Um, also, you know, just in general, I wanted to pick up on what you said. The um, the Mishnah, which is where uh, the one scholar is drawing some information, uh, it dates to about 200 AD. So it's older; it's closer to the, the birth, but it's still much later. And so, um, perhaps they were special animals uh, that were for the temple. Perhaps not. I, I don't really know. The Mishnah is again questionable. It's late. And um, I think the issue that we have to deal with, especially at Christmas, is we're always looking for something, some new way to share the story because you can only preach Christmas so many ways, right? It, it's the same story. You don't have a lot of scriptural verses to work with. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to preach on Sunday this week because uh, 
you know, do I just pull one out and, and reuse it? Um, because yeah, it's tricky because we're already going to do it's, it on yeah. Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, I think there's a temptation in the passages we're very familiar with always to try to find something else and pull some string and yeah. get it there. But, but I, that, that's my view of, of what I think happened. And so I think the shepherds were there the night he was born. I think the wise men came um, a, a little later. So what, what do you think? Well, okay. Let me just say this too, because you're right on what you just said about some of the pieces of just the story. I think there are certain things that we can be completely sure of is that the New Testament does uh, assign, does give Jesus uh, significance as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Like when you read John, John is very careful to kind of associate the sacrificing of the Passover lambs with the sacrifice of Jesus. Like he's tying those together, putting them in that timeline. It happened in that timeline for a reason too. Uh, you know, I think all of that is stuff that's layers that are there, but John makes it very clear to show us those pieces, like to give us that, to give us more. And I think if there was more, th there would have been, there would have been something to kind of even show that there and not just leave it there. So that's, that's my other little take on that. Um, but here's what I think. I actually, and I would advocate uh, people looking at it. I really like, uh, if you go to like biblicalarchaeology.org, which is uh, put out by the Associates for Biblical Archaeology, they have a lot of good stuff. Um, they're good conservative um, archaeology uh, archaeologists there. And I was reading an article from them just about, you know, what is the what did the lay of the land look like for the for the town? It's interesting. I found two different pieces to it. So one one was a guy who was talking about the caves that are there, um, and that it would not be out of the question to have a cave that was built in and then a house next to it. That that is what is part of your kind of your courtyard. You put the animals in the cave, and then you're there in this house next to it. Um, the other would be, uh, they said they also have seen that in archaeology from layers that you would have had uh, your bottom layer of the house would have been where you place your animals uh, at night. You bring them in, they stay indoors, and the upper level is where the families were. And that, uh, you know, and I do see this as when you think about they're coming into the town and they're trying to find a place to stay, they're going to find it's a very hospitable place. Um you know, they're, they're looking for a place to stay. There's family that's all there too. Um, and so it, it appears at least one of the articles that was making it says it's possible, probable that what it was, was there's no more rooms, but you can stay downstairs. Uh, it's private. It's got the animals there, but you can be downstairs. And, uh, and even that, I do think, you know, you've got, um, you know, the, the, probably the the women who are in the house available helping things like that too so i, I gotta go either way it's either a cave system that's connected to a house or it's that bottom level place that animals are that's that's where i land that we're near homes and there's space and it's not that they people just said there's nothing for you nothing for you just go find some random you know here's the random cave all by itself uh, no, I, I think it's all connected and very close. Yeah, and you know, again, there's just so much really good research out there, and I, I, so I don't dismiss things that people share that that I haven't heard before because, again, there's a lot of good information, and I just kind of have to put it on hold until I have a chance to sift it. 
uh, I think one of the things that uh, we, we continue to go back to is that we don't need uh, these exterior things, uh, archaeological evidence, uh, historical things, uh, Mishnah, uh, things outside of the text to know what the text tells us. And, and if we stay faithful in the text, the story makes sense. The story is whole. And so all these extra things that may add color to the story or more um, depth um, are, are fun and wonderful if they're accurate. And the hard yeah. thing is that so many of these things are, are speculations at the end of the day. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I think the safest thing is to stick with what the text says. Luke doesn't make any big case about the lambs and priest um, shepherds and uh, the tower, you know, uh, you, you'd think he would, or you'd think Matthew would in particular, because Matthew is looking for prophecies. He's, he's pulling stuff. Yeah. Even some, some places that are a little tricky. Um, so sure. the fact that no no issue is made there makes me think that that's probably not accurate. If it is great, but I wouldn't preach it. I wouldn't teach it in that sense because I don't want to give people a sense of um, there's more evidence than really there is. And then give them opportunity later on for, for somebody who's uh, opposed to Christianity to start pulling pieces out. Yeah. and undermining um, firm foundations of faith because we intermix those with weak foundations. You know, that's a great insight, by the way, is Matthew is so big on showing things. And sometimes you're like, I don't, Matthew, I, is that, that was a prophecy, you know, like, you know, and like, it, and it is. You've got to do your, one, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got to go do your homework and go back and find Like even the out of Egypt, I call my son, like it takes a few readings and you got to go back and dig in to understand what he's talking about and and i think it would be if if that were that significant i think matthew would have included something like that to say and it was you know that he was there because it said a migdal eater you know you were gonna you know something like that like he would fulfill that so that is a really good thing just because of what we know from how the biblical writers wrote but i think you're absolutely right stick with the text this the, the text is significant all of that is all there of who Jesus is. We don't have to import that in. We just don't want to import it into the text that we have. Uh, that's not the in that text. Uh, it is in other places uh, of who he is and the significance. And those things are all tied into different parts of the gospel and the Old Testament. Um, we don't need to try to force that into it. But uh, like I said, I think it's well-intentioned. We, yeah. we want to see more pieces of how Jesus connects to it all. Um, but but I would say that that is more of a, uh, it's just a nice thought uh, and it's interesting and it could be true, but I don't think it is. Um, and, and but we do know the stories, we know the details. And I do think that in the details, we have some room for, you know, we, so saying, where did he, we, where does he stay? Like, it's not, they don't give us all that because that was not a huge concern. Was it a house? Was it a cave? You know, uh, is it the yeah. same house that he's in, uh, when, when the wise men come, uh, or how often, you know, how late does that, we don't know all those things, but I, uh, there's room to say, let's study, let's look and, uh, let's, let's come to the conclusions that we, we want to come down on with that. But based on, I think, the text. And if we, what then, if we want to bring in some of the supplemental stuff, that's cool. But we start with, um, with the text and, and, and leave it as that. So that's all I got, man. That's, that's kind of all I want to do I is think, just work through I think that. It's, I think that's good. I, again, and we're not trying to wreck people's, you know, newfound things about Christmas. Again, some of this could be true. It's just, we don't really know. And so to, to, we should make more of it than, than we can. Um, so I, I hope that your Christmas isn't ruined. The, the reality is the text says that um, born of a virgin in Bethlehem, 
uh, angels uh, heralded his birth, glory to God in the highest, and and shepherds were there, and the wise men are there. Whether it's the same time or or set apart by a distance of years, we don't know. And that's significant um, in and of itself. Yeah. Like those details alone are just profound, uh, yeah. too. You know. Hey, where do you think the wise men were from? Just for kicks. I, uh, you know what? More recently, I've come down. I was reading an article um, uh, from a guy uh, who I actually knew growing up. Uh, he's at, uh, was it in Jordan Evangelical Theological Seminary at Jets? Um, and he wrote an article talking that he thinks they're actually, uh, they're Arab. Uh, and, you know, you get some of that based on what their gifts are. And you get some of that based on once you start digging into um you know, the uh, kind of the history of what happened with those tribes. And a lot of them were Jewish at that time or, you know, converts. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a, probably a high chance they're, they're either, in my opinion, they're, they have to be either Arabian or they have to be Babylonian Persian um, in that. And, uh, and I think they have to be God fearing, like you see in, um, you know, in book of Acts and stuff like that, where these guys are, they're, they're God fears. They're not necessarily, maybe they're Jews or converts, but maybe not um, to, to make a trip like that, to come and worship Jesus. That's where I'm at. Where do you think? Uh, I, I read a book that, that argued that the Nabataeans, uh, they're from the Nabataean empire, yeah. which, you know, that's, that's George. So I, I just thought that'd be fun since you. Yeah. So there we go. We've settled it right there in yeah. less than a minute. They were Arabs is what they were. They were <laughs> Nabataeans. They were from the region of Arabia, you know, you know, Petra, that's where they were. That's right. Indiana Jones, you know, he was going there to, to find the major, not the not the cup, you know. That's um, right. I, I don't think they took the major back with him. <laughs> anyway. So cool well, deal, hey, man, man. Let's uh let's let's wrap this thing up. It's another one. We just need to get it in. And um I am I'm ready. We're we're gonna try to bring this back in January. And uh, if you have a list of topics or things that you would like dealt with. Uh, let us know. Otherwise, we're going to do stuff like this, which is, you know, things that just, and this is what I like about this, right, is things that have popped up in our conversations, uh, even though we're in two different states now, uh, very diff far apart, uh, you know, we've had similar conversations with our church people. And so it's fun to kind of deal with that together. Um, all right, man, you ready? Yeah, man, close this out. Let's do it. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. All right, God bless. Thanks for watching, guys. And uh, don't forget, like, subscribe, listen, and uh, talk to you later. God bless. Bye. Take care.